Welcome to Full of Words, the podcast where Sue and CJ explore the power of language and effective communication to drive business success. Join us for practical insights and thoughtful discussions as we explore compelling book writing and persuasive copywriting strategies while having a few laughs along the way. Welcome everyone. Welcome to the Full of Words podcast. I'm Sue Kennedy. Have the lovely CJ, of course, with me. The most exciting thing is we have our amazing guest in Kevin Bees, and we're very excited to have him here today. So welcome, Kevin. Thank you. I really appreciate being here. I'm super excited. I've been listening to your podcast. You guys have a really great energy between you. So I'm excited to be joining in today. Awesome. So Kevin's business is Profit Hive. And he is a profit maximization expert for business owners and leaders. So Kevin, tell us a bit about your business and how you actually help maximize profit for your clients. Thank you so much. I started off my career as a chartered global management accountant, which means I was very highly trained on how to help businesses make decisions, how to uh, help them become more effective, make more profitability and grow. And early in my career, maybe in my mid to late 20s, I was being sent into large organizations to help them turn around the results and improve their profitability. I was working with organizations like Qantas Business Travel. I was head of finance at uh, Hills Hoist uh, in Australia. And what I found when I went into those businesses, the to identify what needs to change strategically and tactically was very straightforward because that was my training. But typically in organizations that aren't performing you know, as well as they could, then there happens to be people challenges. People are frustrated, tired, stressed. And so very frequently, I'd have team members come into the office and crying on me. And the best strategy I had for them was to say, well, here you go, have a tissue. That was kind of like, it. I think as you grow and progress in your career and you take on team members or you grow your business, people don't necessarily train you how to work with people and help them deal with situations. So I realized at that point, I needed to go and get some skills in how to communicate more effectively, how to lead more effectively. And I wanted all sorts of different courses. And some of these courses really helped me understand how to control my own mindset to change the way that I thought. I always felt as though the way things were were the way they were, that you couldn't change them. But once I started to realize you can change the way you think and the way that you see the world, wow, that was so much more exciting because I could go back to the work environment. Not only was I able to change things for my life and put my own life on a different trajectory, I was able to help those team members overcome their problems, overcome their challenges, and get better results and better outcomes. That's really led me on the path found today. I as much as I was excelling in my corporate career, I found it way more fulfilling, way more satisfying to help business owners and business leaders shift their mindset to help grow their results. So now, yes, I do work as a profit maximization expert, and I do uh, set that intention with my clients that I'm going to help them grow their profitability and get quicker returns. And there's so many things we could do, so many levers we can pull to help them do that quickly and effectively. One of the key things I find once I get in there and work with them, though, is if we can shift their identity, the way they think, the way they see things, Sometimes a change in their mindset can be the very thing that helps that profitability grow quicker before we even get into the strategy or the tactical pieces. Awesome. That's so amazing. And I can actually talk from experience because I have worked with you or I'm working with you and you're absolutely amazing. And you've actually helped my business very much and I'm forever grateful for that. So thank you. Now, I just wanted to ask, how do you actually work with words and language as far as your business is concerned? Oh, there's a, a bazillion ways we could talk about this for a, for a whole week or even a whole month. 
I've been trained very well to listen very carefully to the language that people use and how they say things, because what they say really represents what's going on, what they believe internally. And if they believe that internally, that's going to impact the actions that they take and the results that they get. I've had business owners say to me, oh, I'm going to break even next year. I'm going to break even next year. I'm going to break even next year. And I listen to the language around that. They're saying they're not going to do that until next year. And of course, next year comes around, that's still their intention. As soon as we can shift someone's attention to the outcome that they really want, we can begin to change their internal language and their focus, and then therefore the actions they take and the results that they get. One of the strongest ways I find around this in terms of the language is I listen to how people describe themselves. Because how they describe themselves, what they say after the words, I am, really impacts in the biggest way. They say that the strongest force in human personality is to remain consistent with what we say about ourselves. If I'm saying I'm terrible at marketing, or I'm no good with my finances, or I hate numbers, well, guess what? Because I'm saying those things, I'm going to act in a way where it reinforces it. To give you another example, I had a client who was really struggling with her sleeping patterns. And I listened to her language and her language was, I am a terrible sleeper. I am a terrible sleeper. Guess what? If you keep saying that, you're going to be a terrible sleeper. Once we address that belief and shifted that belief, now I have the opposite belief. I sleep very well and I have this belief. I'm an amazing sleeper. I can sleep anywhere I want. Sometimes that's maybe to my detriment. Maybe I fall asleep in places that I probably shouldn't do, but it helps me get to sleep at night. So we helped shift her belief. And what happened over the um, coming months after that was very amazing. She'd gone from struggling to get two or three hours a night to actually get herself to a place where she was beginning to have you know, six or seven hours a night. Now, because she was doing that, she was more resourced. Then she could start to think about all of the different ways that she could get more help. And she went and found herself a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner. They gave her the relevant herbs. And now she's getting her eight hours sleep plus per night. She's more energized. Her business has really taken off as a result of that. You can imagine if you have more energy, then of course you're doing more things. Now, that's not something that we were focusing on strategically. Hey, you need to do X, Y, Z. It was, we got her own emotional state and her emotional energy, right? And then she had the resources to go and find the other solutions. There's a bazillion examples of this. We hear people say all the time, I'm terrible at remembering names. I don't know if anyone listening ever says that. Now, if I was going to give you a million dollars for every name that you remember, do you think you would still be terrible at remembering names? <laughs> oh, you'd be really good at remembering names. So yeah. again, the belief. So I've used a couple of just general examples there, but it's so true. What we say to ourselves, how we identify ourselves. I hear business owners say that they don't even say they're a business owner. They don't even acknowledge that they're a business owner or an entrepreneur. And if you don't take on that identity, then you're not going to show up and perform as a business owner or an entrepreneur. If you say right now, I am a business owner, how would things change if you started to say, I am a growing business owner? Would you begin to show up in a different way to take more actions to help things grow more effectively, more efficiently? Sorry, I said I've got weeks I can talk about on this. So I'll just pause after this one last point. Oh, that's okay. One of the other key pieces around what we say on ourselves and the words become so important, but also the tone in which we say it. I don't know if you recognize that you've got this internal dialogue in your head. So when you speak to yourself, you're saying things in a certain tone. Now, frequently, it's not with your voice. It could be like a demanding parent or maybe a demanding boss or a demanding partner, and it's their tone or their voice. Or when you speak to yourself, do you speak to yourself in a friendly, kind way? Or are you maybe harsh on yourself and critical to yourself? Because if that whole tone is harsh and critical all the time, that's going to affect how you feel. It's going to affect how you show up. And it's going to affect the actions that you take. It can be a bit of a negative a negative factor. I've met business owners who are doing really great things, but when you speak to them, you can hear that they're being very harsh on themselves and very critical. And because they feel bad about themselves, they want to take less action and they get less results. We sometimes need to also check in on not just what we're saying, but what is the tone that we're saying. And if we change that tone, we can feel better about ourselves, say different things ourselves and take different actions, different results.
Absolutely amazing. 200% agree with that because that's how I live my life. Have you got any yeah. add to that, CJ? Oh, so many things. I could listen to you talk for a whole month, Kevin. So if you <laughs> want to, you know, we can set that up. I guess because it's around language, I find that so fascinating. We're using words to talk to ourselves. And one of the best pieces of advice that I was ever given recently, well, in the last couple of years, and I think a lot of people use this now, is when you hear that voice in your head, would you talk to a child that way? Would you talk to your best friend that way? And when you stop and actually listen to it, you go, oh, no, I'd be way more encouraging and kind and thoughtful. So, and this is probably a question you don't have the answer for, but why do you think it is that we fall back on that initial sort of negativity? Oh, I can't do that. You know, I've learned, obviously, and you've learned in your life how to switch around and to recognize the language that you're using. So you might have that initial, oh, that's scary. No, it's, it's exciting. It's amazing. Why do you think it is that we fall back on that pattern? We very much evolved as humans. We have this amazing part of our brain here, the prefrontal cortex, which allows us to vision things and see things and you know, create these great ideas of things we want to do. But in the little back here, we've got this tiny little bit called the amygdala, which is like our prehistoric brain. And the amygdala's role was initially just to keep us safe. And so all it's doing the whole time is looking out for what are the threats or the challenges? Where am I going to get eaten by some mammoth? Or It's constantly looking for the problems or the issues in a way to keep us safe. That's what happens for us. That's what's going on. So if even though we don't have some furry mammoth going to come and eat us now, that part of the brain is always looking out for the risk of challenge. If we constantly buy into that, we're just going to keep ourselves very safe and very protected, stay in a safe environment, never leave this like little padded room that I'm in because it's dangerous out there. So, but when we have this prefrontal cortex saying, hey, wouldn't it be amazing if I could do this? Wouldn't it be amazing if I could do that? This other part of your brain is at the back saying, mm, don't do that. It's not very safe. So the answer is it's self-preservation thing. We want to keep ourselves from being hurt or injured or harmed in some way. Now, in this day and age, it's probably more likely to have some kind of psychological harm than physical harm. You know, we've done well with technology and safety to keep ourselves uh, safe. But if we go out there and do that marketing thing or put that copywriting out there or write that book, what will people say about us? Will they criticize us? Will they dislike what we do? Will they reject us? Will it even be good enough? Like, am I good enough to even go and do that thing? One thing I've recognized and this is a universal thing. I was coaching with the Admiral of the US Navy, right? So this is someone who reports to two US presidents. He's got several hundred thousand people working underneath him, massive responsibility. And I had this realization because even he had doubts or fears or beliefs that he wouldn't be good enough. He's a presidential advisor and he still has those doubts. It made me realize that we all have these doubts. We think it's unique to us. We think that we're the only ones who have these doubts or you know, negative beliefs about ourselves. But his common across every level, every person. The only difference is between those people who have success or achieve the things that they want and those who don't, those who have success, they hear those concerns or negative thoughts, but they don't buy into them. They don't dwell on them so long, right? They can hear it. And if the brain is saying, hey, don't cross the road now, you're going to get splattered by a car. Well, they look and they realize, yeah, okay, that's true. I'm going to hold on. But if this is something negative that isn't serving you, that's not allowing you to go forwards, you choose to ignore that and focus on the thing that is going to allow you to do to go forwards. Key thing under this is we're not our thoughts. We can choose which of these thoughts that we choose to buy into and which ones we don't. If these thoughts aren't serving us, we let them go and focus on the things that are serving us. You're speaking about words. I have different coaches, coaches who help me to write the right presentations, coaches who help me to get the branding right. But I've got one coach who helps me with my language, my dialogue. She's you know, a rapid transformational therapist, does hypnosis. She helps replace those words. So if I've got words or patterns of stories that aren't serving me, 
She helps me condition that and get new beliefs. You can do that through hypnosis. You can do that through affirmations. You can do that through vision boards. You, you can do that in a bazillion ways. Just monitoring that, having the awareness, is that belief or thought serving me? If it's not, let's pick something else that does. That's amazing. I just I just want to say that's, that's made me feel so much better about my 11-year-old daughter. She keeps saying I'm so bad at remembering things or I can't do this. And I'm thinking, what have I done wrong to, I haven't told her, I haven't delivered the, the support for her. But it's a natural life instinct from what you're saying. Yeah. It's a natural life instinct. But I catch one thing there, right? That was a, a brilliant example. What have I done wrong? Right. Yeah. There's a question that you're asking yourself. So that's the perfect example of one of these things. Presupposition or the belief is that because I'm the parent and my daughter's not having a great experience, it's my fault. What if we change that, that question from what have I done wrong to, oh, how can I help her with this? How can I serve her better? If you ask what have I done wrong, it sends you internal to search for an answer that's not there because you haven't done anything wrong. But you'll probably find a heap of examples of I should have done this, I should have done this. But if you ask the question instead, how can I help her? How can I serve her better? Well, we're going to come up with a heap of different things. We could start giving her some different examples. So if she's saying the words, I can't, we just need to encourage her around that word. That's just a belief. That's a language. Give her some examples. How many times couldn't she do something before and she can do it now? She could have said as a baby, I can't walk. And if she kept saying that, well, she wouldn't be walking now, right? So she's found a way. So let's find some examples. In every situation, we can normally find an example where that isn't true. There's always some example where someone says, hey, I'm not good at that. We say, well, when have you done that? When have you been able to do that? There's normally an example there. And so we can help open that. And so your role as mom is just giving her that awareness that some of the thoughts that she has, they're not true. Some of these thoughts are holding her back. And what would it be like if she took a more empowering thing on? What if she said, I can, I can start. Maybe I can't do that thing now, but I can start. I can learn. I can progress. And this may be a little bit off point, but one of my favorite definitions of success is by Earl Nightingale. And he says that success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. I just love that definition because Right now, if your daughter can't do something, but she has this ideal like, hey, I'd love to be able to do that. Well, great. Her job isn't to be there today. Her job is to make progress every day. And if you teach her that, run in, I can't say, hey, what can I do to get started? How can I take progress? If she's noticing her progress and noticing her wins every day and her forward momentum to that, it's going to build her self-confidence and help her realize that she can do, take on new things that she hasn't done before. That's me. I've written quite a few of those things down. It shows you how it is just like even in that, I'm looking at what, like you said, what have I done wrong rather than here's an opportunity for me to help somewhere. Mm. Where can I help better? It's just a media, isn't it? I just yeah. want to say I have a definition of success up there, but it's from Ralph Waldo Emerson and it's by making a difference to one person's life, leaving the world a better place with a healthy garden or a healthy child. There you go. That's a great <laughs> definition, isn't it? Great definition. It's actually more beautiful than that. So I'll put that in the show notes. Now, awesome. Well, that little voice, I always suggest to well, myself, if it happens, it rarely happens these days, but when it does, I just go, excuse me, I've got this. How about you take yourself down to the dam, because I've got a dam just in front of me, and take that cask or bottle of wine, whatever it is, maybe the cask if it's a bad day, so that they're down there for a long time and pass out, hopefully, by the edge of the dam. <laughs> <laughs> And leave me alone. It's so powerful because what you're doing there is you're detaching from that. That's not me. That's another thought. And you're distancing yourself. You're pushing it further away into the distance. And I think it's good if it's away from you, it's distance from you. Well, the volume's not as loud. You can't hear it as much. And as example, so you physically sense it away. But what happens next time if that, you know, that voice comes up, you can turn the volume down or mm -hmm. you can even change the tone of voice. One of the games I play with my clients sometimes is when we catch one of those negative thoughts or negative beliefs that aren't serving them, like, hey, you know, why is it my fault? Or 
why have I done this wrong? We just change that voice from whoever's voice it is, change it into Mickey Mouse's voice or Donald Duck's voice. Now, as soon as they change that, they, they can't take the comment seriously anymore. They kind of laugh and it's like, oh, well, there's no attachment to that anymore. And then we could play the game and say, hey, well, change the voice this time to someone who would always be supportive of you. Someone who's always loved you, someone who's always got your back. And if you have no one in your environment like that, then think of a movie star you think would have your back. And they change it to that voice. All of a sudden, when they change that tone of voice, what also happens is the words change because that supportive person would never say those things. That supportive person would only send his voice. So send them to the dam, turn the volume down, change the tone of voice. And you'd be amazed at what a difference this can really make on how you feel. And here's the key. It impacts how you feel. So it impacts then the actions you take and the results that you get. So this, whilst it may seem like a very small thing, practice this, hone this, and I guarantee it will make your uh, results differently or at the minimum, you're going to feel better about yourself. And the quality of your life is the quality of your emotions, right? So let's start here. Love that. I was going to ask you about the impact it has on the people you work with, but I think you've sort of explained it, but would you like to add anything else to that? The fun thing about this is the impact can be unlimited in many different directions. I've had people that I've done this with, you know, and then they've been able to take themselves out of dangerous or challenging situations and, you know, get themselves and their family safe. I've done this with business owners. One guy, he, he was, I love this story because I remember when we were doing our coaching sessions, he was an employee working for an organization. He had aspirations to do other things. Like his apartment was so small that he had to go and hide in the laundry to do these calls with me because, you know, there was no space in the rest of the house without disturbing the family. Now, five years on, we shifted his identity, shifted how he thinks about things. He started a business and that business over the last five years has grown so much. He just received a valuation on the business of being $40 million, yeah. right? Now, it's an incredible turnaround story. Now, I, I can't take credit for that. He's a very smart, very remarkable guy. But I believe the things that we did have definitely had an impact on that. He shifted his identity from being employee to being self-employed to now being employee. He employs, uh, I think, over 50 people, right? So he's had an amazing transformation and change. And I think these techniques are really the basis and the kernel of, of those things. I see it every day with my clients. I could give you more and more examples. You know, one guy has gone from having a business. Or actually, I'll use this example, a jewelry business down in Melbourne. Set a three-year target or a three-year vision with me when we started. And we shifted their psychology, their mindset so much that they were the people doing the work all of the time. And we got them out of the doing and shifted them into the identity of being the business owners. So within three months... We got the owner out from doing the making of the jewelry. You got someone else to do the making of the jewelry. That freed him and you know, his wife up to have more time. With the time that they have, they've been able to put into their focus into the marketing and the sales and recruiting the right people. As a result, six months in, they'd actually accomplished their free vision within six months, right? They couldn't believe it. Their financials came true, their revenue and their profit came good. And now another year on, I mean, the business size has doubled. They've taken on a, a second location because they have that freedom and time to do it. The most important piece about this isn't necessarily the profit. What's to say is about profit maximization. It's what is meant for their life. They've been able to invest in some support at home. Someone's do some cleaning. Someone's do some cooking. So get themselves out of that stuff and focus on the stuff they want to do with the family. And then they've been able to buy themselves a boat, you know, and take time with their family. They had a week off and um, they had a week off. They came here actually where, where I live. I got to hang out with them. And the cool thing was we were hanging out, their business was still growing without them. Their team was in place serving things. So all of these thoughts and ideas in your head really can change and shift how you show up and how you do things in, in a bazillion different ways. I love that. It's so the power true. Of words. <laughs> yes. The power. It is a matter of words. That's very on brand. I love that. <laughs> Full of words. Love it. Awesome. So 
Now, I believe you have a couple of books that you're writing at the moment. Can you tell us uh, and share a little bit about that with us and the audience? Oh, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Hey, so I have a podcast. It's called Life Changing Questions Podcast, and it comes from some of the, the concepts or ideas we were speaking about before, which is probably at CJY picks up on your question very quickly, because we say the quality of the questions we ask ourselves impact the quality of our life. So we change change the question, we get a different answer. Or Keith, uh, Keith Cunningham said it this way. He said, smart people have great answers. Geniuses have great questions. So I had this idea maybe four or five years ago. Well, if that's true, why don't I interview people who are having you know, amazing success and ask them about the questions they ask themselves? And so I've heard some really amazing answers. Same as the example before, we change that question, we're going to get a different result. And um, so I've had, I've got an assistant to help me. They've basically taken the best questions from this podcast. We've got over uh, 175 recorded episodes out there now. I probably interviewed another 50 people before I realized to, to hit record and record them. And he's summarizing that and putting it in a book. And I think it's going to be a very, very powerful book to help people shift their mindset and take some questions that other people have used to help them get transformation. So that one is is happening, it's in progress. And I guess it, it's five years of interviewing people and research. So there's going to be a lot of power there. The other one is more based on what we were discussing, you know, at the beginning, which is around you know, profitability. I, I've learned quite a few things, you know, in the two decades that I've been in business that will help people make, you know, vast improvement in their profitability. And so I put a book together called Stop Leaking Profit, and it talks through the seven different ways that business owners leak profitability. I'm probably 20,000 words into that one. It's all in here. It's just getting it out onto the page. I kind of got a bit of a, a preview of the book, almost like a, a report. And it's called Stop Leaking Profits. It's got 125 free and easy to implement money maximizing opportunities. I'd love to gift that to you and your audience. I know people who've gone through that, uh, that free report. It's probably about 10, 12 pages, but it's packed with very powerful and implementable tactics that you can do straight away. So the people who've gone through it have got great feedback that they're applying it and, and getting uh, you know, improvements in profits. So I would love to share that with you and your audience. Thank you. I was going to ask you if you had an offer for our audience. So thank you. We very much appreciate that. I have lots I want to give away because I know on these interviews, I can never get across everything I want to to give to serve and support. So you can totally have that that book for free. If you also want to go to profit.gifts, so G-I-F-T-S, so profit.gifts, there's some other things there as well. That book will be available there. There's some, some videos on there which you can use. And additionally, there's a tool that will allow you to assess your profit readiness. So identify where are the gaps, where are you leaking profit right now? So you can get some ideas of what's implemented straight away. Awesome. So so that'll be we'll include all that in our show notes as well for our listeners. So that's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing My that pleasure. with mm, us. Thank you, Kevin. Always a pleasure to chat with you and listen to you talk and all your knowledge around the area of words and language. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. So is there anything else CJ, you'd like to ask or Kevin, you'd like to add before we wrap this oh, up? Not unless we've got another hour to chat. I think we'll, <laughs> I won't ask any more questions. <laughs> Same. We could sit here all day, week, month. But anyway, we all have other things that we need to get to. Maybe I will share one more thing. It ties in very well the topic that we've been discussing about then. I was living in the Netherlands, uh, in Amsterdam. I was working there and presenting there. And I had a friend of mine, you know, and his family come and stay with us. Now he's a financial executive working for a large Japanese company and he comes to stay with us. And his wife sent him off, our wives sent sent him off into the supermarket to go and pick up some things. I went to the park with the kids and you know, this list of things I thought would take him 15, 20 minutes. And anyway, 20 minutes go by, 30 minutes go by, 40 minutes go by. And he's not out of the supermarket yet. So I kind of get the kids from the park and we we go in there to see him. And anyway, he's got this list and he's walking around. 
And I don't know about you, if you've been in the supermarket longer than you expect to be and you can't find the things that you want, I would automatically go to frustration. I just get annoyed. I can't find this thing. And he had some obscure things on his list. There was something like banana flour. Now he's in Netherlands. It's another language. How's he going to find it? Who's going to... Anyway, I find him walking up and down. He's very happy. And I would be completely frustrated, but he's happy. Like, man, how can you be so happy? Stuck in the supermarket all the time. And he's like, oh, yeah, I got points for this one. I got points for this one. I got points for this one. And what do you mean you got points? So every time he got something from the list, he was giving himself points. He was feeling great the whole way through because rather than focusing on that one obscure thing that he hadn't got or hadn't achieved, he was focusing on all of the things that he had achieved and all the things that he had done well. And so I think he was giving himself what I call progress points. He was giving himself results or, or points for the progress that he's making rather than agonizing over the thing that he hasn't done yet. And I think this is true for a lot of entrepreneurs. We are focused on all these things we haven't done yet, haven't gotten to yet. We're beating ourselves up for that. We're not noticing all these amazing things that we've done. So if there was one tip or piece of advice that I could leave you all with is start noting the wins, start writing them down, start acknowledging all the great things you've done. I carry this book around with me everywhere I go. And it's just a diary. It's got a different date every page. And every day without fail, I note down what are my wins, right? Before I get into bed, I have to do that. Now, it is made a major difference to how I feel psychologically. It doesn't matter how bad the day is or how sucky the day has been, and we all have bad days. There's always something I can write down in there that went well, or that was great, it was a progress. And having that focus keeps your energy, your vibration in the direction of I'm doing great, let's keep going. So yeah, note down your wins is probably my final message. Fantastic. I was going to ask you that, so I'm glad you yeah shared that. That's amazing. Very good. All right. Anything else you'd like to add, CJ? No, just uh, thank you again. I feel like I've got a, a free pep talk this morning and just a bit of a reminder that I always need on the language. I'm always picking myself up. So, yeah, I feel like I've had a great day. That's one of my wins for today that I'll be noting down. Thank you. Very <laughs> my great. pleasure entirely. My pleasure. All right. So we'll wrap this up. So thank you again, CJ, for being here and Kevin for joining us. And to our listeners, please do yourself a favour and uh, take a look at our show notes where... Kevin has kindly given us some amazing free resources for you and take him up on any of his great offers. As I say, from personally, I can highly recommend Kevin. So if you are looking for someone to help you, he's the man. All right. Thank, thank you, you again for tuning in and we will see you in our next episode. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks for listening to Full of Words. We hope you've gained valuable insights and enjoyed the journey with us. Keep honing your communication skills for success and join us next time for more exploration of the power of language in business.